Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we spent the first hour of the show talking about the two games yesterday. Kansas City's 27-24 win over Buffalo to advance to the AFC title game next Sunday afternoon at M&T Bank Stadium against the Ravens. And then uh, Detroit's earlier in the day win over Tampa, 31-23. to They'll go to San Francisco. And now Washington has the longest drought uh, since uh, their last NFC Championship game participation. Second longest drought, the Cowboys. Uh, so there you go. Ben Standing is with us. Usually joining, joining us in the 12 o'clock hour, but I wanted to get to all of the Washington news uh, with Ben, get an update on who's been interviewed virtually, who's scheduled for an in-person interview now that those can start today, um, and overall uh, what he thinks, including the report yesterday, multiple reports that I think Ben confirmed that Eric Bieniemy had be, had been interviewed last week. So let's start with Do you have the list of those that have been interviewed and what is on the docket uh, upcoming? Yeah. So um, the, the seven people who were, um, who they requested to interview, uh, they've met with them according to sources and and reports, Ben Johnson, uh, Lions OC, Dan Quinn, Cowboys DC. I don't know if you want me to go through all the names, um, yeah, well, please let's let's sure, let's get yeah. let's let's get everything buttoned up here so we don't you know start guessing sure. at who's been virtually interviewed and who hasn't. Uh, so Aaron Glenn, Lions, DC. Uh, you got two from the Ravens, defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, and defensive line coach and associate head coach Anthony Weaver, and uh, Texans OC Bobby Slowick. I think I just said everybody. Uh, Raheem Morris also. Sorry, defensive coordinator with the Rams. Um, as far as what's to come, so teams can start today, can start doing in-person interviews. This is always obviously a huge step, you know, get a feel for who the teams are really looking at the most. Um, I just saw, as, as you guys called me, that uh, apparently Dan Quinn is coming in for a second interview. I haven't been able to confirm this uh, while on hold, but apparently that's a play which makes sense. Prior to the playoffs, he was viewed as probably the number two head coaching candidate Uh behind Ben Johnson, but meaning, you know, before the, the Belichicks and Harbaugh's and Vrabel's showed up at least. Um, I would imagine, obviously, Ben Johnson's going to get one of those the second interviews. The thing is, though, for the coaches who are still coaching, that can't happen until next Monday. So that means Ben Johnson, Mike McDonald, Aaron Glenn, all on hold, Anthony Weaver uh, as well. So we got, everybody has to wait for that 
to happen, meaning Washington's probably not hiring a head coach this week. Um, but so we'll probably have to wait a little bit longer than perhaps some other teams will, depending on who they're who they're looking at. All right. So Ben Johnson, uh, Ben Johnson, Bobby Slowick, then Glenn Morris, Weaver, McDonald, and Quinn have all been virtually interviewed, and Quinn is scheduled for. I guess, a second interview, which would be an in-person interview and would be their first in-person interview, correct? Well, uh, of those people, Biennemi, as you mentioned, Eric Biennemi. I'll get to Biennemi in a moment. Of of those that they had requested from the outside. Correct. 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 And, um, yeah. And, and Denton, did you say that somebody reported that Raheem Morris is coming in for a second interview as well? Yes, he is. All right, so... Morris and Quinn coming in for second interviews, as, as uh, Ben Standing just mentioned. The guys that are in the championship games, Ben Johnson, Aaron Glenn, Anthony Weaver, and Mike McDonald, can't be in for an in-person interview until next week. Uh, but even if they both win that game, they can be interviewed during the bye week You know, uh, leading into um, you know two weeks from the Super Bowl, right? They could come in a week from today. Yes, uh, that okay. is um, that is okay. accurate. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, what you just said. <laughs> All right, so um, there was a report, uh, and I just want your reaction to this, if you've confirmed it or if you have a reaction to Jonathan Jones reporting. Uh, Jonathan Jones works for CBS, uh, reporting yesterday uh, or Saturday that Ben Johnson, one of the hottest candidates on the market, sources consider him the favorite to land the Washington job. Do you think out of all of these virtual interviews and then these upcoming right now this week, um, second in-person interviews, do you think Ben Johnson is the favorite? Well, I mean, based on the people that I've heard from, and then obviously you mentioned other reports, I would say yes. Um, it's similar to when Adam Peters was before that hire happened that it, you know, it seemed to be the buzz was he was the one to beat. That's what I've heard here. I still in my head, though, view this as more open than, than that one for a um, few reasons. I mean, obviously, Peters seemed to have a lot of interest in Washington and jumped on the opportunity, didn't even have other interviews. Ben Johnson's met with several other teams at this point. Um, so, you know, w- there's so many dominoes that need to fall here, right? I mean, does Belichick go to Atlanta? If if not, somehow that doesn't work. Well, then what does Atlanta do? Ben Johnson would obviously be a guy that would be appealing to to them. So, you know, does Carolina have enough money to throw at Ben Johnson to get him interested after he turned them down for an interview last year? I don't know, but obviously a lot of money is a lot of money, and you have to consider that. What if Jim Harbaugh and the Chargers don't work out? Ben Johnson's a name there as well, and obviously they have Justin Herbert and so on. So I, I don't know that it feels like it's a lock that he's coming here by any stretch. I'm not saying anyone's reporting that, but you know, I, I don't know about that. Plus, you know, you have the sort of the different views. You have the offensive play caller typically is viewed as a little more of a cerebral person, cerebral coach. Then you have the defensive coordinators. They can, you know, draw good plays as well, but there's more of an emotional component there, uh, you know, raising the level of intensity with the team or, or what have you. This is where, Guys like Raheem Morris get mentioned a lot. Um, Mike McDonald with the Ravens, the numbers that that defense has, has put up this year against some of the better teams in the league. They face the Niners. They face the Dolphins. Uh, Bobby Sloak and the Texans twice are pretty preposterous. Like They are just 
mowing yeah. down a lot of these really good offenses. So, you know, he's attractive he's, uh, enough to overcome that he's not an offensive guy. Well, that's what we'll have to see. But so Ben Johnson to me would be, I guess, the one to beat. But at the same time, it feels less impactful, that statement, than it did with the Adam Peters uh, version. Uh, I'm with you, and I talked about this in the first hour of the show. If we're looking at just the production of these very sought-after you know, never been a head coach before coordinators. Mike McDonald has the most impressive resume. And it may not even be close. Because you also should go back to last year when they had Tyler Huntley playing quarterback and basically that defense led him into the postseason and nearly, nearly knocked off Cincinnati if it hadn't been for a Huntley fumble and a big return late in the game because of that defense. Um, but again, you know, and I've emphasized this a lot going back to, to last week or even you know multiple weeks ago when we were talking about Peters. We're not in these interviews. There's coordinator, you know, production, and then it's about you know overall managerial ability, leadership ability, and qualities, and you know just the kind of people they are. We don't we don't know anything about that. Um, we know more about Eric Bieniemy than we do any of these uh, any of these other people. As we talked to Ben Standing here on our BetQL uh, guest listener line. Follow Ben on Twitter at Ben Standig. Read him at The Athletic and listen to his podcast, Standing Room Only. So the reports came out yesterday that Washington um, had interviewed Eric Bieniemy last week for their head coaching uh, opening, and there were you know reports that he presented an excellent and, quote, highly detailed approach during the interview. So your reaction to this is what? Well, I mean, you look in terms of interviewing the enemy, you know, look, I think certainly there's merit to it for a variety of reasons. One, they're obviously open to trying to figure out what to do here with this team. So not only do they have a chance to interview a guy who obviously the enemy, this was now his what 17th interview with 16 different teams for head coaching jobs. It's also the first one he's had where he was the in-house candidate, obviously, right? Because Kansas City obviously wasn't making these kinds of changes. So, um, you know, he gets to talk to Josh Harris and that search committee, not just about his own accomplishments, but also about what he saw with the team this year. And obviously they got to figure out, it's not just a matter of, you know, who's the coach and, and, and whatever. They got to figure out how to fix things. And, you know, the enemy, whatever you think, he was there all this season and has a feel for what was done, what wasn't done, what needs to change and so on. So, you know, I, I don't know the house, how, if I view that he's an actual high candidate for this job, I would venture to guess the answer would be no, but I would also think that, you know, he's got good insight for them as to what's happening here and what needs to change in order for them to go to another level. His performance during the interview being, being described as excellent and highly detailed um, what does that say? Do, who do you think that came from? Because none of this stuff has been reported by the team, I just want to point out. The reason yeah, I bring I, it I up, mean, Ben, the reason I bring yeah. it up is if it actually came from the team, in many ways, um, I kind of appreciate that. I mean, I'm not saying it's not true. It probably is true. Um, but... Uh, you know, they're trying to pump them up a little bit after what was, let's face it, people, if we were if we were just talking about anybody but Eric Bieniemy, was a lousy year for a first-year coordinator. 
Uh, the offense wasn't that good. It was no better, really, than it was a year ago. And the primary player, the new quarterback, regressed, got worse as the season went along. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I – uh, you know, here's what I would say. Like, if Eric Bieniemy is going to get any interviews with any team, the basis of what he will be discussing as to why he would be a candidate they should consider will not be have anything to do with this season. I mean, maybe you can point to work with Sam Howell and point to some specific things that you tried to do, but, like, it's going to still be about what happened in Kansas City, that you believe that, you know, he is, uh, you know, he learned a lot from Andy Reid, that he was, you know, he was involved in, in some way, shape, or form in a significant way with what that team, uh, with what the Chiefs accomplished. You know, when they were, when Kansas City was struggling late in the year, you heard some people say, hey, they kind of missed a certain kind of toughness, and that's what the enemy did, and, you know, I don't know how many people are saying that after what the Chiefs did yesterday or the last two weeks. But regardless, you're interviewing Eric Bieniemy off of the path. This year is something he did, and I don't know if it's going to be much more than that. Yeah, also, um, I had people reaching out to me to say, well, this is just a Rooney Rule uh, interview. They, they've already interviewed Anthony Weaver. They've interviewed Raheem Morris. Um, I... I think what you said actually not only makes a lot of sense, but I think is very smart. And that is he he's the guy that's under contract right now um, that can, you can learn a lot about this particular team. Adam Peters can learn even more. I mean, he could sit down informally and have that conversation because Eric Bieniemy is on the payroll for another year. Um, but why not do it in the form of an interview as well? I mean, I, I'm with you. I think the chances are slim, if not zero, that Eric Bieniemy is the next head coach here. But I don't think it. Do, I don't think that it's worthless to interview him. I think perhaps they may, they may have gained something out of that. I was just curious if you had an opinion as to why it got leaked about essentially how impressive he was in the interview. Uh, no, I mean, look, obviously there's a lot of, uh, you know, in these circumstances, everybody is trying to put their best foot forward, their client's best foot forward, the team's best foot forward. So there's a lot of, uh, I don't know, politicking going on with all these statements, independent of Eric Bieniemy. There, you just look at almost any of these conversations, you know, so-and-so that is getting a second interview. He's been really impressive doing X, Y, or Z. You know, all these things are, are said again, whether it's by the agents or people that, uh, you know, are closer, close to the, um, to the candidate, whatever, you know. So I don't, I, I, based on my dealings here, I have no sense that the commanders are saying much of anything. So presumably it came from outside the building and, you know, you can kind of let your imagination go from there. Um, are any of these interviews potentially interviews for, uh, you know, eventually, if if the the interviewee does not get a head coaching job, potentially for one of the coordinator positions, like a Weaver, yeah. as an example, like a sure. Quinn. No, I do think, yeah, for sure, I do think there's some of that um, possibility uh, for sure. I mean, obviously, like say in the case of a Dan Quinn, is he really going to leave Dallas as their DC to come here? I, I doubt that. Um, but you know, in, in some cases, you know, you don't know how. Right. It's all of course, going to work of out. course, my fault. I, w- I was thinking that for a moment that they actually got rid of McCarthy and staff, but they kept him. Yes, continue. yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, like 
you know, I, like, for example, this isn't uh, – th- this hasn't happened here yet, but, like, Thomas Brown, who they interviewed last year for the OC job, he eventually landed with the Panthers with their job. He's getting an interview today with the Titans for their uh, head coaching opening, according to reports. A guy like that, he could be very well uh, a free agent in the coming days, depending on what Carolina does with their head coach. So even guys who are on teams, you know, they could be, be immediately become available. Shane Waldron was just went from being Seattle's offensive coordinator to apparently today he's going to be the Bears' offensive coordinator, which would indicate to me Seattle. We already know they're, they they they're making a head co- they're going to have a new head coach, but maybe now there's going to be a staff overhaul. So there, there's still a lot in play here, um, and that could mean hey, you want to get a look as many people as possible in case something happens there uh, or, or not. I will say this one thing I wonder about Kevin is you know the, the original list of seven was formed before Adam Peters got here. Is there a world where they say, hey, we need to consider others? I mean, you know, there's other candidates who are getting multiple interviews with different teams, including offensive coordinators like Brian Callahan with the Bengals, Dave Canales with the Bucks. You know, does or, or and there's also like Steve Wilkes, the, the Niners defensive coordinator. I don't know the answer to that. And maybe they've determined, hey, this is we're good here, especially if they think Ben Johnson is, you know, some close getting closer to a fait accompli. Um, once they interview him, but you know, like the, I wonder if, if there's other names that would go on the list, both for the head coach and also maybe to your point of perhaps they're just doing some a- a extra digging into somebody that maybe they want to join under staff in some capacity. Yeah, the Ben Johnson thing, you know, more than anybody else really on their list is the one that's really in demand. I mean, I think by my count, including Washington, he's had four, maybe five interviews now. Um, you know, I saw the story from over the weekend where he virtually interviewed with three teams on one day. I mean, this is prior to a playoff game. It's kind of insane. I'm sure that everybody can do multiple things at the same time, but to virtually interview prior to your uh, playoff game, or maybe it was after, I don't know. I think it was before, though, with the Seahawks no, were, charge. It was, like three, it was like three before, then he interviewed with Atlanta after the game because I guess uh, whatever there's some like there's a rule that you have to, you have to do the first interview before this time period and then in order to do the second interview in person or whatever the exact detail is in any event um yeah he probably did it after the win which is kind of nuts because you know why you know so yeah a, a very busy week weekend for, for ben johnson yeah so there the point really ultimately is there's he's the one where there's going to be a lot of competition um, and and if they land him like they did with Peters, it is just another notch on the bedpost that says completely different bed now that everybody's lying in, you know, from all of us to all of the reporters to everybody out there. I mean, because nobody wanted anything to do uh, with this organization prior to this year. That would be pretty wild. I mean, it doesn't mean and it doesn't guarantee anything, but if they were to land Adam Peters and Ben Johnson – Considering the the amount of competition that they faced for both of them, yeah, no, and look, I I do you know the, the the Adam Peters part of it makes sense in that Washington is we've discussed is a pretty much of a blank slate right now with a lot of assets to work with. This if you're a coach of a certain mindset, that may be very appealing to you as well. I mean, at a minimum, you're going to have that number two pick. To take a quarterback, if you see one that's there, that's obviously a great start, uh, you know, building block start. And then you have all the other stuff. So, you know, if Ben Johnson sees a world where, hey, I can kind of 
start this from the ground floor and really, um, you know, rather than having to say, okay, now I have sort of this established team that I have to bring my system in. Can we change things? What do you know, how do we have to work that in? Uh, so, you know, maybe that's appealing to, uh, to a guy like that, but yes, to your, the other point, yes, it is just another indication of the difference in a, with, 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 a, with this ownership group compared to, you know, you know what, and how that changes things in terms of who's interested in this job and, and who, you know, who, who's not. I also wonder, given that the Biennemi thing was kind of kept under wraps, whether or not there's anybody else out there that is interviewed for the position that we don't know about. Uh, I mean, that's certainly possible. I mean, I, you know, never assume anything at this time of year. It all depends on, you know, who who's looking to put information out and why. That's also something to consider when, when these, you know, reports emerge, um, for sure. But, by the way, can, can I just completely throw you a, a slight tangent here by talking about ownership? Yeah. Um, I, I saw the other day that there was, like, a thing that like they, they, they're they going to raise some season ticket prices or some ticket prices on certain, I guess, season tickets. I don't know. Am I right about that? I think so. Yeah, I thought that was a couple of weeks ago, but yeah. Okay, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, sure. So a friend of mine asked me the other day, like, is it do, do I think it's galling on some level that ownership is doing that, knowing that they're just coming off the 4-13 and 13 season and, um, you know, this team hasn't won in forever. And I was like, look, in a vacuum, sure. I mean, nobody wants to pay more money for season tickets and all that. But remember how many times everybody said, boy, I would do X if I could get rid of Sam <laughs> Snyder as the owner. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. well, here we are. Like, they spent, you know, a lot of money. They had it, whatever. They spent a lot of money to buy this team. They are now putting Washington in a position to do the things that you want, everybody wanted, to get a real GM, to get potentially – the hottest coach um, out there this year to to have a chance to get the not that they did anything per se Harris group to get the number two pick but they also didn't try to play small ball and move on Rivera in the beginning of the year they just let it play out and the things where they went where they went well okay just remember that that's all like this is the price you have to pay on some level you have got rid of him and, and to get people in here to hopefully run this thing in a pretty competent way I just looked up the date of that because um, I wanted to re- make sure that my reaction was was sort of calendar um, uh, timed up uh, appropriately. It was the time at the end of the of, year. It was the timing of the announcement. It happened right after they got their ass kicked by the Dolphins at home, forty-five to fifteen. It right, would have been right. much more effective had they announced it right after they hired Adam Peters. And I think right, that, right, that right. The, the pushback was more on not the best reading of the room situation to announce a ticket price uh, increase. I I remember saying at the time, and, you know, it's a month ago or a little bit more than a month ago, look, they paid $6 billion for the team and what you said, and we all would have happily been, you know, uh, fine with paying a little bit more on everything, merchandise, whatever, if it means that Dan's gone and it means that we're going to have an adult organization to root for. But I think it was timing more than anything else. Um, Anyway, uh, talking to Ben Standing. I think it's interesting right now that based on what we know, uh, there haven't been any interviews or requests for interviews of anybody that's actually done it before with the exception of Dan Quinn. Uh, I know Raheem Morris has done it before too, but for a brief period of time. Like with Vrabel and Belichick and Harbaugh and they're all interviewing with various teams – I, if if we if we believe that they haven't reached out to any of those people, there was that 
original report from Jordan Schultz, was it, Denton? Was that his name? Am I remembering yeah. the name correctly? With Harbaugh. About yeah. Harbaugh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so um, I wonder why. I wonder why unproven versus proven pretty much across the board and what they're pursuing, at least based on what we know. Well, first of all, I just want to say that apparently they are just going to wait till the very, very, very last second to show they're desperate to get Bill Belichick. Because I read that for months, <laughs> how they were so desperate to get Bill Belichick, and somehow that doesn't seem to be happening. Cause was that another all, Florio, uh, just a completely inaccurate uh, I mean, it wasn't I just it was right. Look, it was a lot of people. I have no idea where they were getting their information from. I just kept noting none of those reports were coming out of here. Uh, none yeah. of us were reporting anything like that. But anyway, um, you know, but in the case of Belichick, that's a clear short-term fix. He's going for the record. He's over, you know, his age. That's not a long-term play. Jim Harbaugh is an acquired taste, and you can sort of build around him. I think Josh Harris wants to build around his own vision for this thing. And now that they hired Adam Peters, you know, that, that, that pretty much, I think, seals it for Harbaugh. Whether he wants final say in personnel, I don't know. But, you know, he probably at least wants to have – the, the GM of his choosing so that if that, that he, if he does trust, you know, if he does give up that control, he's doing it with somebody he knows and trusts. As for Vrabel, to me, he's the one that sort of maybe um, gives you the best of both worlds. He, he's, he's young enough that this could be a long-term play, but he's established enough that they're like, okay, we already have somebody who knows he doesn't need training wheels. It's not, a, it's not an unknown in terms of how do you move from coordinator to coach? You have to ask questions as to why things fell apart with Tennessee. Um, I think at the base level, you know, they were ter- they were using Ryan Tannehill to get to the championship conference championship game, but at some point, you know, Tannehill is just not one of those guys. And once he fell off, then so did the team. I, I think Vrabel's pretty interesting, but it's you know, at the end of the day, going with the new, you know, it's it's basically you're, tr- you're trying to pluck the, um, you know you're trying to pluck the fruit right off the tree. You know, I mean, you're just going for, you know, you're looking for that next McVeigh or whoever you want to point to as, you know, we don't need to, why wait? Let's, let's see if we can get in there. And obviously these have got people have done some very good things, you know, Ben Johnson, McDonald and so on. It's not like they're complete rubes or anything, but yeah, it's an unknown going from coordinator to coach is not the same job and it is a bigger risk, but you know, there's also more potential. So it's like a drafting a rookie versus signing a veteran. One, you know where, what's kind of where the floor ceiling is. The other one, you don't. You're projecting a lot, but sometimes those hit and make you know turn into big plays. Um, we're talking to Ben Standig last minute here with him. You know, on the uh, you know the, the coaching availabilities right now. It's Atlanta, Carolina, Washington, Tennessee, Seattle, and the Chargers, right? Because Mayo's in New England, and Antonio Pierce got the gig in Vegas. So it looks like, I mean, right now, I think Belichick is the favorite to land the Atlanta job. Correct. Uh, Harbaugh, the favorite to land the Chargers job. Correct. And then I think Vrabel, the favorite to get the Seattle job. Uh, is that true? I, that one, I, I wondered, like, it felt like Dan Quinn was the obvious one, but then Dallas did what Dallas did and Vrabel became available. So. Um, yeah, that, that, that part I wasn't, uh, I wasn't sure about, but okay. Well, sure. it, it would be interesting, right? If Seattle hired Quinn, where does Vrabel land Carolina? Cause it's not going to be, it's not going to be Tennessee. 
he just got fired from there. And it's not going to be Washington, it doesn't seem like. They haven't interviewed him. Be interesting to because of, of those of the three veteran coaches, um, Vrabel in terms of potential long term runs by the place that hires him next probably has the greatest potential for that for a ten year run. Harbaugh's you know got a short shelf life wherever he is. Belichick's in this for another three to four. Uh, Vrabel is you know young enough where wherever he lands could be a ten plus year run. And he could get yeah. left out. Sure. I mean, you know, it's, it's definitely uh, all, all possible. I mean, I think the interesting thing with Carolina would be Carolina is basically in the same position that Washington was in for many years with Dan Snyder. Right. You either hire somebody who's an unknown who is trying to jump the line by taking a job where others would be like, nah, I'm not going to take my first job with that place. Or you go to a guy like Mike Rabel and say, look, you're a really good coach. Let me overpay you in salary and power to come take this job. And the one issue supposedly with Rabel in Tennessee was questions about their personnel choices. So, you know, we just kind of went through that here. Uh, you know, so uh, that, that would be interesting if that's the way it breaks out. A very good coach, Tepper would get lauded for hiring Rabel, but if he gives him all that personnel control, well, I guess we'll have, we'll have to see. Last one. You already mentioned it, um, and I had it on my list, but I didn't follow up in the moment. Does Shane Waldron going to Chicago to be their offensive coordinator say anything to you about what they'll do with the number one overall pick? Yeah, I mean, I think I, – I, I imagine they'll do their due diligence, but you have to imagine they're going to take Caleb Williams. It, it makes too much sense on a b- bunch of levels. He is seemingly – you know, again, it's the unknown, but – his you know his ceiling is higher than Justin Fields. You restart the rookie contract situation. He you know he you would have five years from from Caleb Williams at a minimum if you want versus Fields. You're going to have to pay him you know by next year if nothing else uh, if you keep him because he's on go, going to it'll be going to a fifth year after this season. So I just think it makes too much sense for them to do that. Plus you know Fields they'll still get some good value back. From a draft position, I guess if there's if there's some team is willing to offer you even more than Carolina did last year, maybe the Bears have to consider it. But considering the quarterback situation, I would imagine Caleb Williams is going number one, assuming that's the guy that they uh, believe in. All right, uh, appreciate this. Did you? Oh, give me one big takeaway from the four games this weekend for you. Uh, well, I'll just say I just read my my guy Mike Sando, the Athletics. Uh, Monday morning column that he does of recapping the league. And, you know, the, the, I feel so bad for the Bills that, you know, they, they just cannot get past Kansas City. And we all obviously point to Mahomes as, as the reason why. But he noted that if you really look at it, both teams have tremendous uh, salary cap hits from the star quarterbacks, which they're happy to pay. It's how, the, it's how the rest of it played out. Kansas City has nailed their draft year over year and had so many young players contribute on defense that their average age on defense has gone down yeah. and they've, you know, that's allowed for more, uh, you know, talent hitting, but more spending elsewhere, et cetera. Buffalo has not been hitting on their draft picks. Thus their age, they're having to sign veterans like Von Miller and others, and their age is going up. Uh, and so it's really not just that Mahomes is Mahomes. It's that Kansas city has done a much better job of filling out their roster overall, even after trading Tyree kill than Buffalo has. And I saw somebody else point out that, that Josh Allen's 
uh, salary this year is going to bump up, or this coming year is cap hits bumping up like forty-seven million from like eighteen. So Buffalo is really going to be hit the hurting going forward. And you know, I'm not saying it's the end of the Bills as we know that, but Kansas City has done a much better job of filling in the whole team around him. You could basically you could have you could spend money on a quarterback and have it all if you make the right you know the right choices. Yeah, and who knows what happens to McDermott? Maybe it's Vrabel to Buffalo before all is said and done. Or uh, Belichick. Yeah, or Belichick. Um, thank you. Appreciate it as always. Yeah, man. See you. Ben Standing, everybody. We'll get to some some of Denton's news uh, this hour, and we'll get to the playoff games that we haven't talked about uh, coming up as well. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980, the Team980.com. We are free and live on the Odyssey app. Maryland drivers, did you know a vehicle is stolen every 49 minutes in the state of Maryland? The key to preventing theft is in your hands. Lock your car, take your key, use an anti-theft device. Learn more about vehicle theft prevention at (sighs) mdautotheft.org. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hitting the news you might have missed. It's Denton's Daily News. All right, Denton. (laughs) We got some breaking news. Tell everybody what it is. Yep, the breaking news is where we start, according to Jeremy Fowler of ESPN. Former Commanders head coach Ron Rivera interviewing for the defensive coordinator position with the Philadelphia Eagles. Well, so let's start with this. Um, That pretty much locks in, doesn't it, that Sirianni's not going anywhere. Maybe that was reported while I was away uh, last end of last week. Um, I didn't see it if it was reported. But when you're hiring a defensive coordinator, um, you're not hiring a defensive coordinator and then firing the head coach and hiring a new coach. 
Right. So what was that already determined, already reported last week that Sirianni was staying? It, it was never necessarily reported, but with the firing of the current defensive coordinator, it's just kind of been assumed that that's the case. Okay. Sean Desai being fired. Matt yes. Patricia, you know, um, took over and did not do a good job. So, you know, one, um, on Wednesday of last week, Kime had the story uh, about Ron Rivera saying that he still wanted to coach, even if it was as a defensive coordinator. That surprised me. Um, and it it surprises me that he's interviewing for this position, and it'll surprise me if he ends up coaching in the league. And, and the reason is simple. I just thought it looked at times during last offseason and during this season as if the experience here in Washington, which was not easy for him, you know, we, we can sit here and talk about everything he did wrong and, and all of that. And John had a really interesting interview with him. Uh, I'm told that it also had an interesting podcast uh, interview with Ron um, as well, where Ron tried to blame the media or talk about the sensitivity, his sensitivity to the media, which really backs up a lot of Ben's reporting about how sensitive he was to the criticism that he took um, in, the, in this town, which y- you just can't be a great head coach in a town that actually cares about your sport if you got big ears and if you're worried about how you're being portrayed. So naturally um, he he's interviewing was. But, in Philadelphia. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. But, you know, he's not the head coach in Philadelphia. But still, it doesn't matter. They'll rip anybody. And they know who their coordinators are, uh, just like we do. But um, uh, but but they loved him in Philadelphia. You know, every Philadelphia person that we had have had on the show during the Ron Rivera era here – um, you know, Merrill Reese in particular, the, the longtime voice uh, of the Eagles, all every, you know, Reuben Frank, I can think of all of the different Philadelphia people. They all loved Rivera, just like everybody that's ever come in contact with him professionally and personally loves Ron Rivera. Um, you know, he was a part of the, you know, Andy Reid staff with Donovan McNabb and et cetera. But um, I just thought he looked checked out. I thought it looked like after four years in this environment where, you know, we've been through it a million times, but it was already toxic and then it got even more toxic and then the name changed and then, you know, the house got involved and it was one investigation after another and then he gets sick personally and the team isn't doing well and he's got COVID to deal with, you know. I mean, everything. Uh, Just the wrong time for a guy to be – taking his first coach-centric role. Um, it's certainly the wrong organization to be doing it in. And um, it just looked like he was exhausted and it had it. And the truth is, when he fired Del Rio and took over defensive coaching responsibilities and talked about how, boy, that was invigorating to a certain degree, he didn't do it very well. It's not like the defense got any better when he took it over. I mean, they got destroyed down the stretch. Um, I mean, it was one big number after another, 45 to the Dolphins, 30, the Jets scored 30 against Washington. They couldn't budge double digits against anybody else. Um, but you know, uh, as just a football coach and maybe just one side of the football, maybe, um, maybe it'll be a great, look, I don't wish him ill at all. I mean, I, for what he had to put up through, put up with here and go through here. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of, uh, a lot of kudos to him as a, as a man. We've talked about that ad nauseum. So, so no more, Uh, but this will be a surprise to me. Um, if he ends up becoming a defensive coordinator in the division twice 
He will be scheming it up against our team. I bet you that has a lot to do with it. I bet the the, the idea of being able because one thing, two things, Ron is he's alpha male and he is competitive, and so the idea of being able to scheme it up against Ben Johnson and company um, twice a year probably would be uh, interesting. Was. Um, very interesting to read over the weekend just how disjointed uh, the Brian Johnson Jalen Hurts relationship was on the other side of the football. Um, he really missed Shane Steichen. Clearly, that offense did. Uh, so we'll see what happens to um, that side of the ball as well. I know Brian Johnson's actually interviewed for head coaching opportunities. Um, Ron Rivera, by the way, in that interview with with John, um, there was I'm, – I'm trying to pull it up right now. I just want to read the one – there were a couple of quotes that I found um, interesting. But the um, – you know, he, he said that in hindsight, the coach-centric model really wasn't, you know, the way to go. Okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, Dan wanted to, to give that to me. and um, But on Sam Howell, he said, quote, I took a big gamble. Again, this is from the Kime Rivera interview. It didn't, this may be a little bit repetitive if you guys did this while I was away at the end of the week, but I want to just weigh in on it. Quote, I took a big gamble. I put a lot on Sam, and I probably shouldn't have put as much pressure on him, and I think that was probably one of the mistakes I made this year. He didn't deserve to have that put on him. He's a good young quarterback, has some talent and some ability, and I think that's something I should have backed off on. I should have kept emphasizing he was going to be the guy that got the first opportunity. Just phrasing it that way would have taken a lot of pressure off him, just kind of that he hadn't been anointed closed quote. Man, that is some revisionist uh, history and thinking on Ron Rivera's part. First of all, over and over again, and by the way, I think them emphasizing this point was actually true to a certain degree for a lot of the year, is that Sam's got big shoulders, Sam's resilient, he's competitive. It's the most impressive part of Sam is just how tough and resilient he is and how he is a fast learner and he never makes the same mistake twice and yada 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 and as far as you know putting all the pressure on him yeah that was a dumb thing to do early on but then there was a lot of waffling back and forth during the offseason going into training camp well you know he still has to earn it and Jacoby's going to have a chance and but yeah we we all nailed it and Ben was the first to nail it and that was that Ron Rivera, when the season in 22 ended with a thud, all right, ended with they couldn't beat the Giants, and then he starts Carson Wentz against Cleveland and doesn't know that they've been eliminated or could be eliminated from the playoffs after that loss to Cleveland later in the day. Uh, and then he takes this very okay performance, nothing special, uh, in a totally meaningless game, and he decides to ride the wave of 11 for 19 for 164 yards or whatever it was and talk about how he didn't know. Oh, my God, I told my wife on the ride home. Who knew Sam was go- so great? And he slapped you know, the off-season QB label one on him to deflect. You know, um, And 
Now he's talking about that he probably shouldn't have done that. But then he backed off that at times, and then he said Sam can handle it, so whatever. Bottom line is, when you when you, you finish the season that you finished last year, you made a bad decision on quarterback before the season started, you made a bad decision on quarterback in the biggest game of the year, you had a quarterback that performed just okay in a totally meaningless game, you say, we really messed up the end of the season and we are going full open competition, and we'll see what happens with the quarterback thing. They couldn't do anything other than, than, than Sam Howell, you know, and Jacoby Brissett because they had an ownership situation that wasn't going to allow them to spend big. Um, all right, so there it is. Your breaking news: Ron Rivera interviewing for the Eagles open defensive coordinator position. And by the way, multiple, Jeremy Fowler, multiple uh, people now reporting all of that. All right. What else do you got? Uh, quickly here, we might have to finish this on the other side of the break, but your Terps lose to Michigan State yesterday, 61 to 59. It was a tough one. They real good fight in the second half, just couldn't put it away. Yeah, I, I was back uh, to watch the game. I did not watch the Northwestern game. Um, and let me just point out that Jameer Young had one of the great games in Maryland history. Uh, at Northwestern when he went for 36 and basically scored on almost every possession, including just a ridiculous three-pointer that gave him the lead late. Um, yesterday, it was not a great game for Jameer Young. He had too many turnovers. They, 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 This was amazing to me. They took a three-point lead after being down 15, Denton, and then in the last eight minutes and 26 seconds, shot seven times from the floor with no free-throw attempts. They only got seven shot attempts, and a couple of them were absolute prayers at the end of shot clock. Uh, They played great defensively, as they have at times for a lot of this year, and played well enough defensively to beat Michigan State, um, but they weren't anywhere near good enough offensively. Uh, They were disorganized at times offensively down the stretch. The turnover uh, rate was too high. I did not have a problem with Kevin Willard deciding with a seven-second clock differential, um, you know, shot clock and 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 game clock differential to play it out defensively down two rather than foul. They're a good free throw shooting team. He got uh, the perfect situation. They got a stop. They got a rebound by Jameer Young. That's even though he did not have a great day. That's the guy you want the ball to have the ball. Uh, I didn't have a problem with him not using a timeout, and he turned it over. Um, and the clock ran out, and they lost 61-59. Tough year for the Terps, no doubt. Uh, if they had come up with two games that were winnable against Northwestern and Michigan State, it would be a completely different story because they'd be 5-3 and three instead of 3-5 and five in the Big Ten. Um, but they, they are not an NCAA tournament team without just a massive run, which is going to be really hard to do. Um, tough loss for them yesterday against Michigan State. What else? Uh, we're up against one. But I got one more thing for you. We'll, we'll close the hour out with it. All right, we'll do that when we get back. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and the Team 980.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Um, all right, you had uh, another item for your news here. Yeah, it's something that I'm sure you were uh, probably tired of talking about it, but we didn't get the kind of the second act on radio, at least the continuation to the Robert Griffin III versus Jay Gruden. The Jay Gruden is now kind of backed off on uh, a little bit. It was... Uh, entertaining in a way that I can't believe this is actually happening right now and it was embarrassing from everybody's perspective I thought well I thought it was much more embarrassing but 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 typical from RG3's perspective I mean look he is Jay was making a comment during a playoff game and RG3 with no self-awareness and textbook narcissism you know brought him uh, and all of his followers on to Jay um, Jay responded, you weren't prepared enough, Robert. And Robert, you know, gave the line about, you told me you couldn't prepare. I mean, and then it got into the meeting that look, the one, the, the one thing, and I've, I've said this to Jay directly before Jay at the end of that 2014 season, when he went public with his frustrations over RG three was something he should not have done. And Griffin is a hundred percent right about that. I'll never forget it in the moment. I'll never forget this. And let me just tell the story. I went off on Jay Gruden on the air and said, it doesn't matter what a complete and utter awful teammate and narcissist and and bad quarterback this guy is. You can't do that publicly to your starting quarterback. I'll never forget. I get a note. I get a text message from Coach Thompson, who was listening to the show on the way into the station and said, and is, you know, very um, a disarming way uh, and and lovable way. MF, you're 100% right. No matter how frustrated you get, you can't go public on a guy like that. Jay called him coddled, called him entitled, said we just need to gain a yard, said he takes a, th- you know, when he's supposed to take a three-step drop, he takes a five-step drop. When he takes a five-step drop, he takes a three-step. I mean, it was tw- it was some of the worst quarterbacking we've y- you'll ever see. And he had had publicly said after they lost to the Eagles in a game, if my guys don't play well around me, I can't be Peyton Manning or Aaron Rodgers. I'm paraphrasing, but you guys remember the situation. And Jay had had it, and he and he went off on him. But Griffin came out and said, Jay told me to say that. Huh? Doesn't even make sense. Um, uh, look. Outside of this market, there's still, you know, a, a conversation about how Washington wronged Robert Griffin III. <laughs> I think even his most ardent hanger-on supporters 
have gotten to the point where the his inability to ever take any shred of blame for what happened to him in Washington has even turned off his most ardent of supporters at this point. There are a few stragglers left, I am sure. Um, but he was always pretty easy to see through if you were an adult with any life experience. Uh, not to mention the fact that it wasn't just Jay Gruden he failed under. Uh, he ran Shanahan and all of his you know, eventual head coaches out of town. He did not perform well in Cleveland or in Baltimore. And yeah, the injury probably affected him you know, physically the rest of his career. I'm not suggesting it didn't, but the bottom line is he didn't you know, have the ability to play quarterback at the, at the level or in the way he wanted to play quarterback quarterback and for you know just like Dan for all those years in the years subsequent to to those years in Washington 2013-2014 in particular it's never ever been anybody else's fault uh it's never been his fault it's always been somebody else's fault um by the way I was thinking about you know the credit that he took for mentoring Lamar Jackson I mean he should have been a proud former teammate uh because Lamar Jackson was awesome on Saturday and I don't know if he could have could you know would he have been nearly as good without those couple of years with RG3 in the building who knows <laughs> probably is the answer he would have been pretty I think he would have been all right I think he would have been uh, yeah. fine yeah um I kind of you know I th- I think if Jay actually really wanted to say and disclose a lot of what went on, um, it would be pretty damning. But you know, at some point, the RG three book will be out, right? Wouldn't, <laughs> didn't he write the book about Washington? His time I mean, in Washington. You know, there, he did write a book at some point. I don't know whatever happened to that book. It's still, you know, it's funny. We talk about RG three in in a very critical way, and to me, a very deserving critical way for his time here. And at the same time. He connects with a lot of people in his broadcasting job and on social media uh, because he is innately very bright and he's got tremendous charisma. Uh, But he's also textbook narcissist. Never his fault, always somebody else's fault. Because how could it be his fault? He could have never done anything wrong. Um, All right, that's it. Uh, We want to get back to the playoff games we haven't talked about, including the two games on Saturday and the close call for the 49ers. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and the Team980.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.